Welcome to the Concept 101 podcast. My name is Daniel, Stefan, and Jules. We are three concept artists currently working in the film and games industry, as well as the organizers of the Concept 101 event in London. In today's episode, we'll mainly be discussing the journey from beginner to pro as a concept artist. Before we start, we also have to thank the current sponsors of the Concept 101 2023 event. So a big thank you to Shark Mob, Wacom, Matic Studios, Atom Hawk, Framestore, Moon Colony, Foster and Partners, Mood Visuals, Rare, Brainbug, Playground Games, Learn Squared, Mathematics Studios, Artwad, Focal Point School, and Sharp Corner. So for today's episode, we're like I said in the intro, we're going to be discussing the kind of process and the journey that a person might go through uh, to become a professional concept artist from being a complete beginner. And and today we're really talking about complete beginner because we're going to start from like no knowledge. Um, We've structured the episode with milestones, and this is probably going to be a little bit more rigid and less free flow than the usual podcasts we do. We actually tried recording this before, and we found that there were quite a few things that we not necessarily disagreed with, but we had conf- slightly conflicting opinions, let's different, say. The different path we took. Yeah. Uh, and, and here, the goal is really to give you a simple, clear, yeah, structured, un- structured path, which is like, imagine all the lights are green you can go straight to the job yeah and this is like the perfect run in our opinion in, in our opinion in our opinion and also to clarify in our kind of like negotiated opinion as well because yeah this is kind of the it's almost like a collaborative opinion mm. on how you should do this because i had my opinions yours that is and stefan had his opinions because we all went through our own separate routes so this is something this kind of like milestone list that we've put from beginner professional is very much a combination mm. of all of the best things that we felt that we used and learned to get to. And the level we, we we're believe at. it's going to be a good uh, sort of guidance to have some sort of idea mm-hmm. of starting from no knowledge, and like if you if you listen to all of this at the end, you should have a good understanding of all the main subjects and all the main skills you need to develop, yeah. um, and hopefully in which order yeah it's the best in our opinion to do it yeah so before we get into the actual milestones it's very important i think to talk about especially with this episode of you know kind of what is concept art it's something we've discussed before but we just wanted to do this because these are not milestones for becoming an illustrator they're not milestones for becoming an industrial designer this is very specifically for if you want to do concept art as a professional Mm -hmm. so what do you guys kind of, what are the important definitions that people need to know with regards to the job? So I think there's a fairly big misunderstanding of what concept art is, which is mainly because of how concept art is used by studios and by media to to advertise games. Um, concept art, it mainly is problem solving and having to, coming up with a design, mm. um, to fit within the development of a game or a movie. Yeah. It's not about making fancy final images. It's about getting a brief from a client, doing sketches, iterations, and throughout a certain amount of time, you're gonna end up with final design, which meets the brief requirements. Yeah. And you might do some very beautiful, sexy images, but do a concept artist job is not to only do sexy images. Yeah. It's I'd mainly to design everything. If you're talking about 100% of the job, it's 10% of the job is making a nice image. 90% is getting there or making the prerequisite stuff. There's plenty of times where even you just will never make a nice image and you just kind of do the design stuff that you have to do. Also, some people say concept designer and yeah. concept art. I've, I've had this confusion recently and it's mainly the same thing to me. Mm, it's just some people, they like to put designer because it kind of sounds, it says more about design, but yeah. it's the same thing. An illustrator does fancy images, a concept art does designs things. Sure. Mostly. Yeah. 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 Seven, you got anything you want to add in? No, I think this was said very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mr. Stefan. <laughs> so Jules is going to guide us through the milestones. Um, I also just want to add in we're gonna hopefully have all of the resources we're mentioning linked below, mm-hmm. um, unless something's been deleted, I guess, from the internet for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um so if you want to know what anything is, it will all be linked down in the descriptions. Uh, so Jules, start guiding us through. What's milestone one? Cool. So um, milestone zero, actually, is oh, yes, learning sorry, yeah. what uh, concept art is. So we already touched that a tiny bit, but it's um, mostly you doing your research on what concept art is 
do you like it? Uh, finding some artists that inspire you, maybe finding some companies, and really getting your 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 feet into understanding yeah. what is this job and kind of trying to break all the all the assumptions you might have about it. A great way to do that is often to buy art of books. So, mm-hmm. for example, I'm looking around. We record at Jules's place, and I can see he's got the art of Avatar. He's got Planet of the Apes. He's got Mandalorian. You've got God of War as well. <laughs> he's got God of War as well. Yeah, Stefan's favorite. And yeah. <laughs> that's um, that's a really great way to get in concept art because one of the trappings of it is that often, and we've spoken about this before again, on Art Station, you only see really pretty images. You only see you know like polished stuff. And a lot of the art books, yes, they have a lot of polished stuff in, but they also show a lot of the development that artists might not necessarily show in their own personal portfolios because it's not the most beautiful work. So if you really are starting at ground zero and you really don't know much about concept art, go to your local bookstore, go to a Waterstones if you're in the UK or Forbidden Planet if you can, mm-hmm. and go look at their movie and game section and see what you can kind of learn from those. Do you guys have cool. like a book that's really like very representative of this kind uh, of work? The, the, go, for, go for it. The Borderlands 3 art book is very good. And there's another one that I really like. A lot of the Star Wars ones are great. Mm. I would say a really specifically good one, not because it has the most beautiful images in, sorry to those artists, but it does have some really wonderful images in it, is the Galaxy's Edge book, which is um, the kind of building of the theme park area in Disneyland in the States. And the reason that one's really good is because they show a lot more of the developmental stuff as well as the fancy schmancy images. Also, I think it's nice to, because the video game and the and the movie industry is quite different. It's nice to maybe have a book of each. I've got the Dark Souls Free uh, art book, which I think is a great example of what designing for video game is, and also the Avatar art book. I think is to me my favorite art book I own because the uh, the latest yeah. Avatar. So Avatar, yeah. uh, the way, way of, of water. water. Maybe if you listen to that in like. I think the next Avatar is going to come out. The la- the latest one is going to come out when we're like 35 or something. Yeah. Can I say another one which you have on your shelf, which yeah. I also have, which is great, is the Game of Thrones art book. Yeah, so and the cool. Game of Thrones yeah. one is also really good because, again, oh my God, so many images in there are ugly as sin. Mm. But they really show you, for me, when I saw that book, it was a really great eye-opener and kind of look into the industry and the realities of what you actually might be making for a mm-hmm. TV show. Um, also, you know, these are very nice objects. Uh, it's it's nice to have something in your hands, and yeah. you get, to, you know, it's 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 great. And I think if you've got a passion for art, it's a great way to get into it. What about um, you? Do you have any? Questions? I I don't have one, but that that one. But I think I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy one seems to have like just lots of work yeah. that seems very concept art. Yeah, for the the video really? game one. Yeah, for the video game, yeah. it has a lot of like design. Very good too. Yeah. Uh, not you know, I, might not be the best in terms of like the best. I mean, it's it's nice it's nice design work, but like it has tons of stuff where you can see the iteration. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so then milestone one, uh, which is learning how to draw from reference and getting your eye um, used to kind of uh, drawing, drawing, drawing. Yeah, just getting the foot in the door. I mean, the fundamental skill I we all agreed, I think, is that is drawing, right? So there are some artists who literally cannot draw, and that's fine and good for them. But I think drawing is kind of a universal skill that actually really no matter what job you do it can be very very useful to explain your ideas quickly and visually to people um so yeah if you literally are at the point where you're like i can only draw if you're the guy who comes up to us and goes i can only draw stick figures i can never Mm. do what you do if you're at that stage yeah it's very important to just get your eye in and start drawing start with drawing straight lines even drawing anything Mm -hmm. um and there's a really, really good book, which I recommend, called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Um, and the reason this is really good is because it teaches you how to draw from life and from reference mm. accurately and proficiently by using certain, like, I guess, like, quote-unquote, scientific techniques. Um, so that's a really good way to start drawing because you'll start to see a kind of very, I guess, linear improvement uh, because you're just trying to make something look like a photo looks. Totally. And, and the goal here really is to get used to the habit of drawing, yeah. getting used to observe something and putting it on paper, uh, going to maybe museums could be a great exercise or going outside and drawing streets or people. Yeah. Uh, it might be a, a, quite hard to draw moving people, but um, just you know, getting used to draw experience finding how what you prefer which technique you prefer and just you know uh, getting your hands dirty yeah grab a sketchbook and start filling it up essentially 
I would say one more thing um, in terms of like what tools to use. Maybe keep it simple: a pen, a pencil. Uh, yeah, good ballpoint. What? No, the ballpoint pen. What are they called? Pyro. Uh, yeah, like what are they? Basic. Like, just, just something that has a consistent line weight. You know. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, and that's that's good. You don't you don't need tons of stuff. Just yeah. simple. And it doesn't need to be pretty. You know, you can just. Just do things. If it's ugly, it's fine. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. Dude, you want an iSketch ugly shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean just, you know, just fill papers. And and with time, it's going to get better and better. Yeah, just remember as well, a sketchbook is a sketchbook. Unless you're like Elisa or Evan Anmanson or somebody, your polished work, quote-unquote, is probably not your sketchbook work. And it's okay to have messy sketchbooks. No matter, even if you're an amazing artist and you can draw 10 out of 10, it's cool to just come up with ideas and to put them down so yeah awesome um and now we're going to move to milestone two which is a bit of a progression from the first one which is live drawing and anatomy learning so from drawing still elements or like more like uh, cold elements like in the museums you're gonna maybe slowly start moving towards drawing per characters learning anatomy maybe learning moving people or <laughs> sorry well, wasn't, yeah if you do live drawing, I think it's good to potentially look into what live drawing classes are around your area mm -hmm. and maybe sign up or go there and uh, you will have professionals actually posing or standing still or doing, yeah, holding some poses for, uh, you know, different amount of time and it will teach you how to sketch in two minutes, in one minute, in 30 seconds, in 10 minutes, in 20 minutes, you know, stuff like that. I think another good thing just on the note of life drawing is to... I mean, when you're starting really early on, yes, it doesn't really matter who's teaching you. They can probably give you valid advice. But the more you progress, it can be very beneficial to look into who the teachers are, who mm -hmm. are actually teaching. If you can find people who are, for example, atelier trained, um, which, I mean, if you can go to an atelier, that's a pretty amazing uh, way to start off your mm -hmm. art career, right? Yeah, I'm sure there are some yeah. good ones in London. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. So I'm just saying you might find somebody who does like weird abstract drawings from the London School of Drawing, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, those things called the Royal School of Drawing here. Um, and they might not be the best person to teach you about anatomy. I had one of those teachers and all of his criticism was like, maybe you could put the figure in the top left of the frame to mm -hmm. make it feel more isolated. And I was like, I just want anatomy help. <laughs> so, you know, just be just be aware of that, that you're going to get different people teaching different stuff. Also, if you, if you can look, as we said, into courses... It's a great thing because it's going to get you into the habit each week to draw. Yep. Um, and then also you're probably going to see very significant improvements at the start. And, you know, it just keeps you going. Yeah. And on that note of kind of life drawing, as part of this milestone, we really think it's important to start learning about anatomy. So looking at books by Hampton, Bridgman and Loomis are all amazing starting points for starting to learn about musculature, how things connect in the human body um, and just really starting to figure stuff out on a more foundational level rather than just looking at the literal surface of a human. And learning how to do character's anatomy is something that will really probably help you for your whole career mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So uh, in terms of learning from those books, yeah. just a quick advice, I think a good way, just uh, as you learn, le already learned a little bit how to draw from reference, that's what you would do in the book. You would find... A picture and then you will try to maybe reproduce it and draw it and then try to remember it and then maybe try to draw it from your memory and how you remember it and, mm. yeah and also just applying the actual learning to other photos so if you do a full anatomy sketch from the book like stefan said maybe once you've done a few versions of that it's time to go and find a cool image of somebody like a dancer on mm. pinterest and then trying to restructure them using what you've learned from the book um yeah, and so all of these are um, are going to serve you your whole life, yeah. and this is what we call fundamentals. And um, if I can get to my son free, um, we're going to continue with the fundamentals and go to perspective. Yeah, and perspective is one of the most challenging fundamentals yeah. uh, to me, and uh, it's really gonna everything you learn from now is gonna kind of um, help you to understand. Uh, perspective a bit better yeah i think perspective can be very challenging for younger artists because a lot of people early on in their career you get into art because it's kind of like freeing and expressive and you get to draw beautiful figures and perspective comparatively is like 
it's extremely almost like scientific. It's very right or wrong. You know, there is a correct answer to it, which is not the general mindset, especially in Europe that we're taught with towards art, right? It's always like, you can do whatever you want and it's going to be beautiful. With perspective, there really is a right and wrong answer. And if you want to learn perspective, I think the best way to do it is to look at Scott Robertson's How to Draw, um, which can be at times, I think admittedly very dry, but there's other resources that can help you learn it. So for example, the Drawerbox website is really good. Um, it gives you a lot of different kind of examples and ways of learning and practicing those techniques that you might learn from Scott Robertson. Um, the Dynamic Bible by Peter Han is very similar to Drawerbox and also, again, gives you other exercises and other explanations. And then a YouTuber who I think really helped me is Modern Day James, who has some really, really good YouTube videos about how to learn fundamentals and perspective. Um, and he actually has a course that uh, our friend Jeremy Hunter did called, I think, Drawing Vehicles with Jeremy, which is also really good. Yeah. So I recommend all of those if you want to learn about perspective. Mm -hmm. um, would the person do all of them? I think if there's one that you really should do is the learn. It's the it's the it's the Scott Robertson book. That one definitely is part of the milestone. You have to finish, probably finish it, right? I, I would say. say it's a good book to finish, yeah. yeah but and, ultimately, it's about like... The thing is that when we're going through these things, it's all stuff that you're probably going to have to go over again and again and mm -hmm. again, no matter how advanced you get. You cannot so, tick those boxes. You yeah. just up your stats slowly. Yeah, yeah. And learning perspective is going to make character design... I mean, the anatomy and the drawing and museum for example is, is going to make all that better at it and, you get, and some of the stuff you learn from doing anatomy are going to translate to, to perspective as well yeah, totally, because everything yeah. is in perspective so it's just all going up together and yeah. you will learn your whole life yeah I just I sorry I just cannot emphasize enough because there might be people like oh, I did the book it's like really like even with the anatomy you have to draw try to draw everything that's in there you know if you can unless you burn out on it uh with live with the scott robertson book try to do every page all the exercises you need to have stacks of papers and that's how you go through it not just by like oh yeah i did the page oh this is too difficult let's just move on no just do it do it do it sometimes uh, if you feel like you're stuck you can go to the other page i know with scott robertson sometimes he he doesn't explain the stuff, how to do it, and you need to turn the page, and then he teaches you there. It was super random. There were some excesses like that, so, yeah. Yeah, or just go check out the other resources that we mentioned, because yeah. they will give you other alternatives to the way yeah. that you do stuff. You know, just, I guess, you're free to choose the resource you want. It's just good to learn and keep yourself busy uh, yeah. learning new things. Totally. Uh, Milestone 4, uh, how to render color and light fundamentals. Um, so this is, again, taking everything you learn until yeah. there. Uh, but now you learn maybe more about the lightning. Uh, the lightning? <laughs> the thunder. The lighting, sorry. And also maybe like, you know, shading. Um, how are you going to make metal look like metal? How are you going to make cloth look like cloth? And again, this is still learning how to draw. Um, but it's, you know, just going deeper you're, into that specific element. Yeah. You're learning more at this point how to paint, I think. Yeah. You're starting to broach into, I think most artists start with, lines mm -hmm. and over time you start to progress into kind of light and shadow which is a lot more complex as a subject matter and a bit more difficult to understand but these um you know so how to render is a book by scott robertson which is again great again it kind of suffers from the same problems as the perspective one it's very scientific and a little bit dry but it's very good color and light by james gurney is a really excellent book and i think most people who uh kind of have come up with it. I don't know. I don't think I know anybody who hasn't actually read that book. Unless one of you is about to say that you haven't I, read it. I read... What? No, I read the book. Okay, yeah, well, that's guess, great. Guess what? <laughs> you haven't read it? No, no, I haven't no. finished it, but I read uh, quite a bit of it. Yeah. It's, it's quite easy and consumable, yeah. and it's it's very... And he has a lot of really wonderful... I mean, he's an amazing painter, and so it's great because you also see his examples mm -hmm. of, like, different lighting setups and the different emotional qualities they bring and how to do colours and blah, blah, blah. Other really good stuff is um, The Fundamentals of Lighting by Sam Nielsen, which is a course on schoolism. And that, again, can be very technical. But because you have the advantage of having video lessons over a book, it can be a little bit more engaging and that might be easier for some people to learn from. Yeah, it's definitely a good course. I did it a while ago and he teaches you. Uh, whereas, like, for example, with, um, with James Gurney, it might feel very like artistic book i think the sam nielsen course 
it tells you about like this is why uh, physics work on a glowy sphere like this and it does the refraction and blah 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 and it teaches you about no 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 it teaches you sound very knowledgeable about physics right now <laughs> the light things and the... <laughs> no like well <laughs> thunder uh, no it will teach you about all the physical properties that you need yeah. to know how to render uh, jelly for example sure. a jelly sphere and stuff like yeah. that and then you can apply it and so forth yeah um and yeah, so all of these key uh, fundamentals are going to add up to Milestone 5 to starting to learn how to design. So it's another fundamental. It's called Design Fundamentals. Yeah. Um, and this is big, medium, small theory, like how to make something look good. 70-30. 70-30. Yeah. Um, Repetition. Yeah. Uh, having consistent shape language. And... Again, because we were saying at the start that this is all about concept art, this, again, is a very specific thing to concept art. I mean, yes, this will be very helpful if you want to do industrial design and other stuff, but again, concept art is all about designing. So this might not be a fundamental that, for example, an illustrator really cares about, but as a concept artist, it is totally essential to learn. So up until now, it's been mainly focused on how to have technical skills, yeah. right? And this is where it slowly starts to transfer onto... Theory. Actually, concept art, which is how to make things look good, how to design. But you cannot do that well if you don't have the fundamentals before. Yeah. Um, the fundamentals are your tool, and this is what you, you, you're going to make with your tools. This is more like the thought process almost. Mm -hmm. It's more of the thinking behind what you're doing. Um, and there's some really good kind of courses for this. So Alex Seneschal has a course called Design Basics, which is probably just one of the best course i've ever watched it's so informative i mean uh maybe you don't want to make sci-fi designs like alex central but no matter what you want to do it's going to be very helpful and the other thing that i would recommend is a lot of norris lynn's um gumroad videos which again he goes into a lot of detail about designing and he has so many different examples and videos of how to design this how to design that and they are a really great resource i believe also john park has some good great gumroads on whatever it's called, Foundation Gumroad or whatever, where yeah. he also teaches. That's where Norris's of... ones are as well. Okay, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's you, you'll find very, very good information there. Yeah, and and this is really where as well where you're gonna start uh, drawing things from imagination, one hundred percent. Of course, reference are important, but uh, maybe here it's less about copying reality. Uh, it's it's more about designing your own reality. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, sketchbooks, all that kind of stuff can be a very nice support. Uh, to practice every day yeah. while you're learning these specific elements. Um, we are now to milestone six, uh, which is value structure and composition. Um, so this is more how to craft an image, really. Before it was how to design individual elements, and this is more how to craft what we might call a keyframe or a whole image, an environment image, yeah. uh, creator image. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is a super important step. And I just want to clarify one little thing, mm -hmm. which is that while we've been discussing, obviously, this is in milestones, realistically, you probably have touched whoever's listening on multiple of these things at the same time. And that is not a bad thing. If you are doing how to render color and light, and in that book, they discuss value structure, don't be like, oh, God, I can't look at that. I have oh, to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to wait. Because learning value structure is a massive part of that, just as understanding color is a massive part of making an image. And, you know, mm. all of these things really do tie together. Mm -hmm. So while we think that, you know, it'd be great if you could learn these things in one row, we also understand that it's just probably not reality. Um, so if you're touching on multiples, of the, like different things from these milestone lists, don't be worried about it. It's all very good and natural. And that is how you kind of progress normally as an artist. Exactly. You're most likely going to slowly learn a bit of everything as you yeah. progress. But the order we chose is because we're always adding up to something you maybe have seen a bit already. Yeah. But whenever we, in this, with this order, you're never going to start something which you haven't at all seen before. Yeah. So it, it kind of flows in a nice organic way and uh, you're always kind of adding, you're always, it's almost like you're detailing a specific part of your skill. Yeah, because you could honestly probably do all of these things at the same time if you really wanted to. Mm. If you really want to be committed about it, you could do milestones one to six con concurrently, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, so when you're learning value structure, value structure, I think maybe 
it could come earlier, it could come now, it could be like the first thing you learn potentially, because it's so fundamental to like everything that you make. Like every image has a value structure. It's inherent to image mm -hmm. making. Um, and so it's a very important thing to understand, understanding simultaneous contrast, understanding how to really, I guess, compose an image with light mm -hmm. rather than just composing an image. And also part of this milestone is actually just composing an image and understanding how different elements can play against each other and the different structures you can use, whether that's rule of thirds or that weird swirly thing that people like or just whacking your focal point right in the middle of the image. The goal, what is golden ratio? Is golden ratio, yeah. 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 Um, so if you want to learn about that, the resources we recommend are Framed Ink, uh, which is a super good book by a comic artist whose name I can't remember right now, but it'll be in the description, um, which is all about kind of the different emotional components that color, that, that light and value structure and composition bring to an image, um, how different lighting setups change uh, an image's feeling, ways to compose and move, ways to add movement into the frame, ways to move somebody's eye across the image, etc., etc. It's a really just amazing book. Uh, we also recommend Aaron Liminick's Learn Squared course, which he has one which covers composition kind of on a basic drawing level. Um, and then John Park also has two really good uh, courses. One I think is called, and again, sorry, this will be written in the description below, one I think is called just light and shadow or like basics of light and shadow um, where he covers doing basic value structures mm -hmm. over drawings and changing value structures in one image. And the other one is uh, called something like, <laughs> we should research this, um, but it'll be in the description. So yeah, yeah. It's all going to be in the description. Yeah, yeah. Of course, some of the, a lot of these resources well, I want to finish are not, what the resource is called. But yeah, so go for it. John Park's one is called, it's called like keyframing or something. Okay. And he goes through multiple keyframes and does different value structures in them. And mm. It's very, very good. I've watched it. I probably watch it once a year. <laughs> uh, I just want to add to that, that this could be also the time where you could maybe, you know, look at some film frames and put them into black and white in your Photoshop and just check the value structure there. If you want to learn about films. Yeah. If you want to learn about also, films. Also, I'm, I'm sure all of this will be in the tutorials and stuff yeah, that yeah, we yeah, recommended. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, by now, you should have a good understanding of how to craft an image. You should have the skill, necessary skills on how to draw and how to make this image a possibility, how to design it, and which is why Master 7 is starting a basic concept art project. Um, and that means, I mean, we're sure that you probably, while learning all these previous steps, you probably did a lot of projects to learn them, right? But this is really taking the time to be like, okay, I learned all these points and now I'm going to make a killer project, which is the best you've ever done, hopefully. And just trying to, you know, take the time and apply everything you've learned. Yeah. And I think this is also where that kind of milestone zero of like, what is concept art kind of comes into play? Mm. Because at this point, a lot of people get to this stage where they have a lot of skills where potentially they can make something, right? Mm -hmm. That's, it's not, it's not going to be beautiful, but they can make something. And then they make, they say like, I'm going to be a movie concept artist. And then they make a riot style splash image. Yeah. And that's why, again, like that researching what is concept art and really understanding mm -hmm. what it is and buying the books and doing this and that is very important because once you've accumulated the skills, you want to practice those skills in the right way to accomplish what you want. Mm -hmm. When I was learning, I reached a certain level of like technical skill, which was not that amazing, but... I just started, like, I think this was when I was, like, 19. I was like, okay, I know perspective, I know value structure, I've read all these books, and da, da, da. I did what everyone told me, and then I just started making images, and I was like, I'm going to work in movies. But I was just making, like, random stuff. <laughs> I was making, like, one splash art image, one illustration, uh, one graphic design, one spaceship, and it was just going kind of nowhere. I, it was too wide an approach. So I think, again, it, it's a good point maybe to almost do more research again about like where you want to work, what you want to do, because that will help you narrow down your projects and make something that's actually worthwhile. This is this is exactly a, a great time to do research. And also you can, I'm going to go a tiny bit against what you said. I totally agree. <gasps> but I think it's also a good time to experience. So by doing research, also try maybe a few different styles because you did it. Yeah, I think totally, all yeah. of us did that. I think pretty much every artist does that. To know you don't like something, most of the time you have to try it. So yeah. it's a good time to do the research, try stuff, and that's how you're going to end up, hopefully, with something you prefer. Yeah. 
So I would say at this point, you could also look into the JAMA's Learn Squared course. Uh, I think it's called like something concept art, I don't know. And uh, the reason why I'm saying this uh, is also because it will give you a certain structure of how to make projects. Like it will tell you first, look for your references, figure out what your project is about, rather than like just coming up with random stuff. So yeah, I think it's important when you start a project to know what is the way of how you should do it, step one, step two, step three, blah, 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 until you have the project done. This is also a really good time, once you've actually started making like some projects and stuff, to start seeking out proper feedback. So that's something that we discussed in the previous podcast. Um, and really, in a way, it's very good to, if you can join, so with all of the previous stuff, milestones, one to six, it's all fundamental learning, right? And it's great if you can join communities of people like Discord communities where those people are also learning fundamentals. However, it can be very difficult to get good feedback from, for example, concept art communities when you're still learning your fundamentals because you're like, here's my spaceship painting. And then people go, oh, well, all of your problems are in the fundamentals. Like if the fundamentals aren't up to scratch, it's actually difficult to almost critique it as concept art. You're just critiquing a bunch of stuff that needs to like objectively be improved almost. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a really good time once you get to Milestone 7 and you start making your own projects to start seeking out that feedback because maybe when you show your spaceship design to a actual concept artist, they're going to be like, okay, I can see you've learned some perspective, but you need to push that to the next level and here's what you need to do. And maybe here's some extra resources that will help you get to that point. So. This is a good is, is a good way to kind of push yourself because often, um, and we've discussed this before as well, as a young artist, after a certain amount of experience, you start to feel on top of the world. You're, everyone's probably complimenting you because, you know, you grew up in a small town <laughs> with a bunch of like, people who've never dealt with a professional artist. And you're like, yeah, goddammit, I'm great. So it's very good to kind of get humbled and to realize that it's okay to move back to fundamentals and to repeat stuff and practice things again and do new projects as a result of that. Don't hesitate to contact people, uh, contact people, reach out to artists. Most, I mean, if they don't answer, too bad, you tried. And many will answer. Yeah. Um, so it's not because you don't know anyone that you cannot have feedback. Yeah. You have to look for it. And I also want to just clarify something. Uh, we only mentioned... Uh, drawing and painting by that time of course it's useful to have learned a lot of digital painting oh yeah totally, so yeah. we we fully haven't mentioned that but it i mean i'm sure it's something that is by default with the with all the stuff we said but yes digital painting is a key tool if not the most important single tool in our industry yeah and while learning pretty much everything we said before it's very good to get experience into digital painting. And this concept art project should be done if close to 100% <laughs> with Photoshop or whatever digital Although, painting tool you I would use. be very impressed if a student came up yeah. to the full gouache project. I know, yeah. I know. But, should, yeah. but you know, here people might be fully... I would say also it's, yeah, it's, it's probably to cheaper to get a Wacom tablet than to get a canvas and get yeah, a yeah, paintbrush, yeah, right. yeah. a good paintbrush and good colors and make sure everything is okay, especially... Mm. If you don't have a people, someone who tells you like how to do it. Maybe if you are in a art atelier at that point, that could be good. But totally, yeah. you're right. It, it kind of almost goes without saying, yeah, but it does, it does need to be, said. To be yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know the so which brings me to milestone eight, which is three D. And I I thought it would be very weird to talk about learning three D without talking about digital painting. I, yeah, I get so what you mean, no. once you understand digital painting and you've done your project and you know perspective and all this it's time to make your life a bit easier <laughs> and to use 3D because 3D is going to make, is going to allow you to be more creative and, and use a bit of help with your project. You don't have to rely too much on everything else. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a bit of an outdated thing, but I remember when, I don't know, maybe it wasn't when you guys were kind of coming up into the art world, but I remember when I was starting out, like 3D was still very new and it was very almost like taboo to touch it in a way where people were like, oh, I don't know if that's like real art if you're using 3D to help you. Um, and I can say pretty objectively that over the last like, I'd say seven years, where it is pretty much has been the time period this is happening, it's become an essential skill. I mm. really think you would struggle to get a job these days without learning 3D. I do understand, you know, let's say you've gone through our milestones and you're very proud of your drawing ability and maybe rightfully so you could be an insane draftsman who's very very good 
but 3D adds so much, uh, not necessarily quality to your work, maybe you're an amazing artist, right, again, but it really adds a lot of speed and proficiency mm. to what you do. When you have a client request to move a camera 20 degrees to the left, how are you going to do that mm -hmm. if you've just drawn it all in perspective? It gives you a lot more versatility and most studios, if not all of them, mm -hmm. look for some level of 3D experience uh, to really help projects along yeah. and make sure that they get done on time. Um, yeah, go on. <laughs> Stefan? I would say at the point where you start learning 3D as well, you might finally start getting into things like camera and camera lenses and stuff like that. So that will be something you will add to your understanding of perspective. You you would have learned about it a little bit more, but this will you you're gonna get into it even more. And yeah. it will I don't know. 3D definitely adds a lot more complexity to your paintings and drawings. I think it adds in, a lot more potential complexity. Yeah. I I, that, I really want to clarify. Like there are some amazing artists who have never touched 2D. Sorry, I've never touched 3D. <laughs> there are also amazing people who've never touched 2D, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's not a it's not a given that it will automatically improve your work, but it really can be a very good way to quickly improve your work to the quality standard that people forget, at, uh, sorry, expect at the speed that they expect it. Because there's no way that you're making work as fast as somebody who's just kit bashed mm. a scene in uh, 30 minutes, right? You can't, no one can paint that fast. Um. I can already hear the criticism of why <laughs> are you putting 3D so late in this list? Yeah. Like, if it's such an essential skill, if it helps everything that much, why is it so late? And even though 3D is probably 50% of my work, maybe even not more, depending on the project, yeah. it's very, very important to learn everything we said before or to be competent with it because th this knowledge and this visual library you're going to build is going to help you making better 3D, yeah. making better renders, and you're not going to rely on it too much. Yeah, if, you, if you don't yeah. know how to do perspective, you know how to do lighting, you, you're going to be throwing stuff on the wall and see what sticks endlessly. Yeah. And it's very important to be patient, learn this stuff, and then the 3D is just going to be like unlocking your speed and making you way better. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I was thinking of like, <laughs> so dumb if you had if you had rocket boots right <laughs> something and you but you didn't know how to walk so it's like you could fly up into the air but you can't take off really or land you just kind of like hit the ground and your face turns into a puddle of blood um but if you can walk and run before you use the rocket boots then you're going to be much better and safe. there's a bad analogy but like um, if, I, I think you're, you're totally it. right like if you if you learn the 3d first and you don't learn any of these other skills it's a crutch like yeah. congrats you've just played yourself like you, 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 <laughs> you might actually you're gonna be fighting with your time to like get better as well mm -hmm. yeah of course yeah, you're totally. just gonna be fighting with yourself and and it's gonna be very uneven your, your work is gonna be very uneven the quality of it because you might just have a very nice 3d scene but then the next thing you your 3d will be a bit worse yeah. and and also i don't think you will really understand why stuff is bad yeah because you need to build all those previous skills you mentioned to just understand and gain knowledge and just understand why something looks good, why something looks bad and yeah. Yeah. I I think as well, like if you're working in wait, I'm trying to remember what I was you know, I've just, it's just left my brain what I was gonna say. But wait, I'll remember it if I just keep saying words, maybe. <laughs> um, I can go in the meantime whilst you think Go for it. it. Yeah, go for it. Uh so I think a good resource to start learning that would be maybe Jama's Blender course. It might be a little bit outdated, but I think a good thing about Jama is that he really teaches you how to use Blender for concept art, like how to come yeah. up with ideas within Blender rather than just be like, take an asset from Sketchfab and put it here, you know? Like he, he, he goes, oh, how do I design this? How do I create this? And he teaches you those tools of like yeah. how to make your own stuff. And that really puts you in the mindset of like a concept artist where you have to come up with ideas, come up with things and do them, make them yourself. Yeah. I, I remembered what I was going to say. Sorry, what I was going to say was, and yes, Stefan, you're absolutely right because that course by Jammer was one of the really big things that enabled me to learn Blender very yeah, efficiently and quickly. Yeah, it's a really good Jammer's one. Jammer's course was like, the biggest level up I ever had. I think it was the biggest level up for like 90% of people yeah, in the industry yeah. who were still using like Maya and then they're like, holy shit, Blender's way yeah. better. Um, but yeah, what, what I was going to say was, just talking about 3D being a crutch again, if you are given a uh, project, let's say where you have, so you have a day to do the first stuff, right? And it's a robot design. You can model, I mean, yes, you can be very, very quick at modeling, but sketching is kind of inherently quicker, I think. 
and unless you're like some freak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you can, you want to be able to change stuff in the model in the 2D phase. You don't want to be beholden to everything that's in the 3D. If mm-hmm. you need to create line art of like a robotic figure or whatever, and you suddenly realize, oh, I have to go back into the 3D to change it so I can change the line art because you're totally reliant on tracing that line art, that's a really big mistake and you're really mm-hmm. shooting yourself in the foot there. You need to be able to edit things in 2D as proficiently, hopefully, as you can in 3D so that it's just a case of, it's not a case of, I have to go back into 3D. It's a case of what's going to help me do this quicker. It's adding, 3D should be a thing that you add to the tool belt. It shouldn't be the whole, the whole for shebang. (laughs) And it's going to make you much more hireable to show fundamental skills because someone knows they can rely on you to make quick iterations. Uh, And we, we said Blender many times, but I think today, 2023, Blender is the tool to use. Yeah. I would highly suggest not to use any other 3D software. Blender is free. Loads of add-ons. Very this nice. This podcast is sponsored by Blender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> There's loads of tutorials. Many of them are free. It's just, at the moment, the best tool, the best 3D tool to make content art. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's so, when you're dealing like, with... Like, like, don't even try something else. <laughs> No, I used, I used, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. So I, I used Maya at university for a while. Listen, please, okay, do whatever <laughs> you need to do for university, right? If you're at university, but Blender really is at the moment. I think, guy, uh, and I'm also just going to intervene before you start shouting at each other again. Um, <laughs> I think what Stefan was about to say is, yes, there's lots of other really good programs that you can learn, like. ZBrush will let you do organic stuff. Gravity Sketch will let you do weird shapes that you can't do anywhere else. Adobe Medium does blah, blah, blah. And yes, it's really good to add these other things into your kind of tool belt and your skill set because yeah, they let you do other things and they give you more broadness in your approaches and your speed and blah, 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 blah. But Blender, at the end of the day, the reason Jules is recommending it so hard is because it's a workhorse. You can do a lot of stuff in there. And especially when you're early on, I really don't think you need access to like super custom tools like Gravity Sketch to make what you need to make. A lot of the time, it's all going to be doable in Blender. It's a great entry to 3D. And later on, on the milestone list, we're going to also talk about other softwares you can learn to specify. Yeah. Um, Specialize? Specialize. (laughs) Cool. Steph, did you want to say before we move on? No. Uh, Milestone 9. Um, which is photo bash. Yeah. So that's not too big of a milestone, but it's a very nice skill to have. Yeah. So photo bash is again adding a tool or adding a skill to your tool belt, um, and it's how to use image. Yeah, I I can't remember who said it, but um, there is a concept artist who I remember very specifically saying something along the lines of, 3D is great because it lets you make very realistic stuff very quickly, and it's all light lit and blah 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 but it's never going to look as real as the real thing. Mm. And Photobash allows you to implement real stuff into your images that, you know, it's just a photograph and it doesn't get more realistic than a photograph. So if you are, you know, and a lot of time clients, they want realistic work. So it's a very, very good thing because that's how you get that kind of final level of polish and realism to an image is by implementing real stuff in. There's no, uh, I mean... There are certain things and certain approaches where you want to use 3D. And again, it's adding into your tool belt, understanding that, you know, sometimes if you want to put like chain mail on a character, right? Oh my God, this would be the worst thing ever to model. <laughs> but you get like one photo of chain mail and it's done. Yeah. So yeah. Steph? I would say with Photobash, it's also important. It's important to learn that not, that doesn't mean that everything that you do from now on in Photobash has to be realistic. At this point, you will also know how to paint over photos or a little bit because you already learned how to paint over your 3D and learn how to blend it together at least a little bit. So, But Photobash will also help you to add great uh, like references to, to your images as well because you will inherently have to look for photos. Yeah. I think one other thing just to mention before we move on to the next milestone is that Photobash can be a really good point uh, where you suddenly have to rework all of your fundamentals because if you have a photograph that needs to be successfully comped into an image you need to understand okay 
What do the values need to look like in this image? How does the color grade need to be so it matches the rest of the scene? How do I, where do I cut stuff out and where do I have soft fades? Where do I do different transitions? Do I need to put certain blur effects on this so that it matches? Etc. 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 And it's kind of that like matte painting skill set I get, I guess, which I'm talking about. But you can't do that if you don't understand the fundamentals of how these things work in the first place. So yeah, totally. That's that's very true. I do want to add something which we haven't mentioned. Oh okay. Which is um, probably something that you have to do quite early, especially when you do your own concept art project which is building a reference library and reference gathering. We did say mm, that reference yeah. is very important, but whenever you do something, you know, it's not cheating to use reference. It's not cheating to use photos. It's very important that you look for inspiration, you build a visual library, library yeah. and that whenever you start a project, always have some reference to look back at it because it's going to make 99% of the time your project better because you have something to look at. Can I can I tell a little a little spin a yarn about reference gathering? Go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to dramatically increase the length of this podcast. <laughs> um, it's just like so I, because I deal with a lot of students and I do mentoring and stuff like that. I just wanted to kind of give an example specifically about what Jules is talking about, where I did a project with somebody who and the project was really good by the way. And if that person's listening, great job, buddy. Um, but the, it, it was very interesting because they wanted to create a vehicle, right? Uh, and they wanted to use a very specific artist, I think it was Sid Mead, right, as a reference, which is great. And it was cool because I was encouraging them to gather reference so that what they were building was accurate. Um, and they kept gathering, they wanted to build an industrial vehicle and they kept gathering cars that Sid Mead had designed. And so all of their industrial vehicles looked like cars. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept being like, oh, it'd be cool if we had more industrial stuff here. And they're like, oh, I really wanted to look like Sid Mead. And I was like, okay. And after a certain amount of time, what I did was I, I had to kind of, the way that I reminded them of like how referencing work is what referencing works is we went and looked through Sid Mead's work and we looked through all of his photos. And if you're familiar with his work, you'll know that he did a bunch of images for Ford, I think in the sixties, which were called like the industrial metal series or something where he did these super industrial images of like these massive tankers and stuff like that. And once we found those images, they still looked like Sid Mead vehicles, but they didn't look like cars anymore. Mm. And so I just wanted to kind of emphasize that it's a lot of referencing is about not just having images there, but about having the right images there yes. and really thinking about what something is and what it brings to the table. Some images will bring a really nice detail to the table. Some images will give you a good information about the silhouette of what you want to design. Some references will help you understand how a back muscle pulls in a certain direction during an image. But it's important to correct the right references whenever you're making something rather than just getting a bunch of random stuff make sure to ask yourself why you're choosing this image yeah and that you understand why you're choosing it yeah this would be the point also when you start potentially your your like libraries of uh photos so maybe like you already buy some photo packs or you mm -hmm. start like nature or mm -hmm. trees or uh, usually you'd have it by locations like yeah. New Zealand, uh, Greece, blah, blah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or you just go, uh, the other thing, just go outside and start yeah. taking photos. Like yeah. if you're doing an image and you need a cool sunset, if you can, go find a cool sunset. There's a really good course uh, you definitely know it, Stefan. It's the one of the pirate beach thing and it's very dark. It's like a matte painting course. Uh, well, yes, yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah, um, I have it. I never. Everyone's did, done I it. Have it. I, I, <laughs> everyone's bought it. I, I should have done. Well, it. I, I made some images from that. The, yeah. the course. It's um, I can uh, find it. It's by a guy who used to work at Blizzard, I think, or yeah. I think he still works at Blizzard. And if you look at that course, oh, it's Anthony Eftikari. It's Anthony Eftikari. Mm. That's who it is. Yeah. If you look at his course, he does this whole beautiful beach scene. It's very amazing. It's wonderful mat. But he just goes and he just went down to the beach and he took all of the photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have all these photos. If, if you yeah. can you know, learn art, all these milestones, but at the same time, you know, pick photography or pick other artistic skills that you like. Yeah. It's very nice. If you do photography, you're going to have a better understanding of, of framing, of lighting and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. And yeah, there's not, there's never a day in my concept art career where I don't use reference. Yeah. It never happens. Every time I have a new task, reference it's i I've, i actually don't use it i'm um my brain is too big yeah you just yeah. know you know you're, you're better i know yeah, <laughs> i just know yeah um but yeah so this whole reference kind of section we just did here this is a milestone that should get much quicker into the whole process we just said 
We should um, always be referencing. It should no always what. be referencing. Yeah. And um, no matter what stage of the process you're at, yeah, you're referencing. Very important. Um, which brings us to milestone number 10, which is congratulations, you're free to go. So I guess we, it's we're, time. We're to, taking the gun yeah. away from your head. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed out of, the, <laughs> yeah. out of the room we locked you in. That's the perfect time. After two to, years of grinding. <laughs> yeah. After, after hating art now, you just hate it. Uh, so it's start to make. Uh, your own things, do more projects, experimenting. We talked before about VR earlier. We talked about ZBrush, all that stuff. That's a perfect time to start experimenting with those, maybe. Uh, maybe do more research about concept art. I guess by that time, you should have a fairly understand, a fairly good understanding of all the niches from the concept art industry. Maybe you like a lot creature design. Maybe you like a lot hard surface. And that's a good time to expand the horizon and maybe focus on, on some elements that you like. Yeah, um, and just you know, find what excites you and what motivates you, yeah. and and I guess this is really gonna feed your motivation to to get to that next level. I think the thing with milestone ten is, which is, and this is by the way the last milestone that we're talking about. We we've got some other things we'll discuss, but they're not milestones necessarily. Mm-hmm. This is the stage where you're kind of like fully on the path to becoming a professional concept artist. So we can't promise you that, that by the time you get here and you've completed all these milestones that you are a professional concept artist, but you're you, you at this point you should have built up the acceleration, the momentum to the point where you're, go- you're going to get there now. You're on the path, you're going up the mountain. And I think the thing is that as you continue going and as you, as you first kind of are free to go and start exploring really because you have the necessary skills to do it, you almost have like weights on you, right? You have like weights dragging behind you. And and the more years that come and the more experience you get, the more of those weights you can cut off mm. and the faster you can run and the faster you can make stuff. So, you know, if you feel like you're at milestone 10, you're like, well, I've done all this stuff and I'm still a professional. Don't worry. There's still a lot more learning to do. You know, it's just that we can't prescribe the learning after this point, right? It's not as simple as learn this, learn that. It's going to be a very personal exploration into what you want to do and what you like and what you care about. At that point, it's all about experience. Getting yeah. experience. You you have all the piece of the puzzle, let's say. Yeah. You start with nothing and each thing you get a new piece. And now you have all the pieces of the puzzles and it's time to kind of build it. Maybe you're going to make the puzzles wrong a few times. You have to destroy it, do it again. Yeah. Or like, yeah, whatever. And... Um, but the pieces, the, the main elements are here. And it's just, you know, build, yeah. work on a portfolio, uh, get more and more projects, get better. I like my analogy about the road more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Same. <laughs> Both succumb to my analogy. <laughs> same point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stefan's going to give a third analogy. <laughs> no, 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 I think, imagine I think, a cyclist. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, I would I would just say at this point it's um, you know if you still feel a little bit lost or whatever it's also about as we said the community that you have the friends but also uh, starting to you should ideally have a lot of mentors at this point maybe do some more courses with actual mentorships uh, like uh, where is CGMA, that CGMA, CGMA, squared, yes. CGMA um, loads of mentorship uh, brainstorm yeah so uh, because those me. people. Because uh, yeah. those people, they will, they will contact re- us. We'll do mentorships. Yeah, yeah. Because those people, they will really help you to guide you, and that's what even a lot of professionals do. We know a lot of people who are st- even in the industry, and they 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 get mentored by people like Jama or whatever, yeah, and I, they pay for it. And, I, yeah. I did one like five months ago with Miguel Iglesias, which was amazing. He's like a super an artist. I looked up for a very long time. I saw he had a course on CGMA. I went on it. I learned so much. You know, I. I really recommend that you know if you have the financial ability to do courses and to get first-hand knowledge it's an amazing way to learn yeah and you know this is art you're never gonna get to the end of it you're always gonna learn like i do follow courses regularly uh learn square stuff for example i just picked up vr six months ago like you're always gonna learn new elements yeah and it's not there's no point where you're like that's it I figured it out. I'm stopped learning. No, you're always gonna. It's always gonna come. But it's just you know, keep making. It's always gonna keep you getting better and more knowledgeable and having more tools to make the craft faster, I guess, or totally. more efficiently. And just just to uh, say, you know, like Stefan said, this is a good time to start community building, and mm-hmm. it's very important to you know, like John said earlier, reach out to people on Discord. 
and start reaching out to people who you feel are at the same skill level as you. See if you can build a Discord community with them. See if you can meet them in real life. See if there's people in the same city as you who are passionate about the same stuff. And use other, well, we're using themselves a bit weird, <laughs> but like use other people and their <laughs> passion to fulfill your passions. You know, like it's an amazing thing. I think as kind of like, this is a bit soppy, but like as humans, we really do a great job of inspiring each other you know and when i see stefan and jules making an amazing project it makes me want to make an amazing project and so that's why it's so fundamentally important to you know just try your best to meet new people and do new things all the time um yeah and also as part of that doing things all the time stay active always be making art have a sketchbook that you keep uh regularly updating try different techniques try if you never you know, Jules said earlier, maybe you've never done digital art before. If you've never done traditional art, then try that. Try mm. try sketching, try charcoal, try painting, try acrylics, oils, gouache. It's all just experience um, and it will help broaden your horizons and make you a kind of more, I don't know, interesting person, I feed, think, in a way. F- feed the passion, you know, yeah. just like keep it going. And, and yeah, and I guess at this point, it's a lot about the portfolio, uh, building a community, getting a lot of contacts. And once you feel like you have a lot of contact and you have a good community around you and a portfolio which keeps getting better, then I believe it's time to apply. Yeah. And um, applying will be much, much, much easier if you do have people you know and if you have a competent uh, portfolio. Um, I mean, applying can be very difficult as we, like, all three of us had very different times and experiences applying for jobs and stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you've done all of this stuff, you're in a very good position to start finding something professionally Mm -hmm. and to really transition out of amateur into the professional sphere. You can even listen to our podcast about uh, portfolio, right? Yes. Learn how to organize your portfolio so you can apply to jobs. I, I think it's also important just to say, maybe you've done everything that we've said, and you're there, you're, you're listening to this podcast two years later and you're like, I did it guys. Two, to- two years or four years, whatever time it takes. Yeah, yeah, whatever time it takes. But it doesn't matter how long it yeah. takes, as long as you do it. Mm. But um, yeah, maybe you've just been applying stuff, uh, and you kind of have that thing of like, well, I've done all this learning, but like, oh, Jules is so much better than me, and I can't apply because Jules is so much better than me, or you know, oh, I can't apply for this company because this artist is so much better than me. I just want to say, never kind of fall into the trap of, uh, I guess undervaluing yourself uh there's always a chance that you could get a job somewhere even if you don't think that you are good enough for that job Mm -hmm. everybody has that anxiety of being like oh well it says that i need to be a good artist on the linkedin post and i don't think i am and it's like just go for it just give it a shot uh the more stuff you apply for the more information you get and you know if you do get a bajillion rejections then Ask a bajillion times why you're getting rejected and improve on those notes that they give you. Um, never be afraid of putting yourself out there. Always be always be showing what you're doing, I think. Always mm-hmm. be comfortable putting it in front of people um, because there might come a day where you put it in front of somebody just as like a, oh, well, I guess I'll just show you what I'm doing. And they go, this is amazing. How would you like to work for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, don't don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And, you know, sometimes it's about being at the right place at the right moment. And um, it's just good to keep going, keep investing time into your craft. And and one day, someone will be willing to take you. And also, I, I like to say it's good to be open-minded towards which industry you want to go. Um, if you're in a situation where you've just got to find a job at some point, you know, and you absolutely want to work for video games, well, maybe start with, like, for AAA games. Maybe it's yeah. fine to start with... Indie, double A, indie, mobile, or whatever. If you want to work on movies, absolutely. Well, you know, you 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 might go there one day. It's but just at some point, getting some financial freedom, yeah. and um, and getting working is gonna help you reach the next level. Good to have money. Yeah, yeah. It helps. Tell to... me about it, <laughs> <laughs> Steph. You got anything to say? No, I would say as we are getting too close. Uh, we will have a list of all of this stuff. Uh, maybe we should even write the actual points as well so people can just go through yep. this milestone by milestone in the description. Don't make more work for us, Stefan. We already wrote it You down. get what you get yeah. in the description. <laughs> and, and Yeah, no, it's true. And then 
I would just say, you know, just keep at it and I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, we believe in you. Mm -hmm. Good luck. It's it's really not an easy job. It's yes. not an easy path, but it's possible. Many people have done it. Many people will continue to do it. It just takes time and energy and motivation. Let, let me tell you, if us three can do it, yeah. I mean, we're fucking idiots. I yeah. mean, Dude, I, you know, you want to hear? I started, I was the guy who started with like, what are they called? Stickman drawings. That's That was my <laughs> level of skill when I started when I was I like mean, 14, I think. Everyone starts. You all, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. That's yeah. the phrase, right? Yeah. 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 And but it's cool. And like, yeah, really, it's very tough uh, and it can be very tough sometimes. But one of the things that I always think is like, I worked other jobs on, on the way to this job. Mm -hmm. I did retail, I did bar work. And wow, this is even on the absolute worst days, this is a thousand times more rewarding. And it, it is a great industry to be part of, for yeah. sure. And it's such an, you know, it. I, I think it's something you tend to forget once you're in the industry, but, you know, you get to work from your passion. Yeah. You get to put so much effort and then you reach it and... It's like, you know, so many people have jobs which they don't necessarily like or didn't necessarily choose. Yeah. And it's worth it. It's really, it's it's an amazing industry, an amazing job to do. And it's it's lovely. Sweet. Sorry, yeah. I just want to say, you get to walk around, you know, and be like, oh, how could I improve this painting? And then you come up with it, then you go the next day to work and you improve it. And it's actually rewarding. You are actually like, yeah, this is fun. This <laughs> is what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a great job. And I hope if you're listening that, you know, eventually one day you'll be in a video call with one of us telling us uh, about your work and something like that. You know, maybe you'll join our companies. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I hope it happens for you if it's uh, if it's really what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so on that nice uplifting note, uh, that'll be the end for today's episode. We really hope you enjoyed listening and we hope you found today's episode useful. As we said before, all of the resources will be listed in the description below. If you want more, please feel free to subscribe and hit the notification bell. We release episodes every two weeks. And if you want any more additional information about the podcast or the annual event held in London, be sure to check out our Instagram linked in the description below. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. See you.